Hello, 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 guys. Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast. This is Adit Kapadia back to back with you on yet another week, uh, yet another weekend, depending on when you choose to watch slash listen to this. Uh, but I have a fantastic guest with me today. I have uh, Samir Kalra with the Hindu American Foundation. He's the executive director and the co-founder of the HAF. Um, he he is a, I would also introduce him as a columnist because his columns are something I always look forward to reading because uh, he writes on various issues on uh, within the HAF. Uh, uh, he talks about issues, contemporary issues, as well as uh, geopolitical issues that the Hindus might be facing, the impact inadvertent, uh, the impact that we see uh, that's happening. And together he's joining me this week on Mind Podcast to talk about issues that um, Hindus in America are facing. Uh, we've seen some attacks that have happened in Dallas, some uh, videos that have come out of California and other places. And, you know, what's the way forward? Because um, as Samir and I were discussing uh, off air before we started recording, the issues that were global have also become homegrown in U United States. And, you know, Hindus are facing uh, a very... You know, challenging circumstances. You know, I'm not saying it's uh, a pandemic everywhere. I have to use that word very carefully these days. But uh, 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 a pan-American pandemic, but it's happened in a few isolated places for you know enough times for it to be concerning. So, welcome to Mind Podcast, Samir. Thank you so much for joining us, and um, you know your initial thoughts on this. Great. Thank you so much for having me, Adit, and uh, namaste to everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, just one small correction. I'm actually the managing director. Uh, my colleague, Suhak Shukla, is the executive director, so I don't yes. want to take the position quite yet. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I, 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 Suhak is a dear friend as well, so yes. I. Uh, that's that's my, my apology. I'm. Uh, that's my bad. <laughs> No, no, no problem. Um, yeah, so much. Thanks again so much for um, for having me. Yeah, you know, I think the last few weeks in particular have been really concerning uh, in terms of the trends and spike spikes in hate violence and bias incidents against the Hindu American community uh, that we haven't really seen to this extent in quite a while. I think the last time you had a number of attacks in you know shortened period of time was probably the 1980s with the Dotbuster uh, incidents, the Dotbuster gangs that were terrorizing the Hindu community in New Jersey, and then in the post 9-11 era where anybody that was brown was being targeted, uh, mm -hmm. but not specifically for being Hindu. That I think we saw in the 1980s. Uh, so I think this is, you know, in terms of the numbers that we've seen, we saw four incidents literally in the span of a few weeks, two at the Mandir in Queens, um, yeah. that Gandhi statute outside the Mandir was desecrated twice. Um, and, you know, there were a lot of anti-Hindu and anti-Indian slurs um, and also uh, pro-Khalistani propaganda uh, that was uh, that was occurring there. And then the incident in Fremont, California, which is where I'm based, uh, which was really scary um, at a Taco Bell, uh, not too far from my home, um, where a Hindu man just was going in to get uh, some food for his son, uh, Krishnan Iyer. Um, and um, it was, you know, for no reason, verbally abused, assaulted. Uh, the uh, the gentleman, uh, the perpetrator, spit on him or tried to spit on him. Uh, really, it verbally accosted him for almost 15 minutes straight. Yeah. Um, in very clear anti-Hindu slurs um, and Hindu-phobic language, cow piss drinker, you know, dirty Hindu. Um, you know, making uh, remarks regarding his vegetarian diet and kind of taunting him with eating beef. 
um, and, uh, and you know, a number of other um, disgusting anti-Indian and anti-Hindu slurs. And then, of course, the Dallas incident where we saw yeah. the very racial anti-Indian um, uh, assault that took place there against four um, ladies that were just out trying to enjoy their evening. Um, yeah. And those all happening kind of in that span, I think was really concerning for the community. And um, I think really hopefully has uh, woken up the community uh, to some of the threats that are there. Mm -hmm. And also to me revealed a different trend where we had traditionally maybe seen more anti-Hindu hate or anti-Indian hate coming from Caucasian Americans or people that are on the extreme right in the American context, white nationalists, et cetera where here you saw a lot of minorities attacking Hindus. In the case yeah. of Dallas, it was a Mexican-American. In the case of Queens, again, um, it appears that they were um, they were Sikhs, they're pro-Khalistanis, and same thing in the case of Fremont. So you saw a lot of, of these incidents, I think, coming from the broader minority communities. And in two of the instances in Queens and in Fremont, uh, you saw them from particularly within the Indian diaspora itself yeah. um, and yeah. for those that are espousing, you know, a violent uh, terrorist ideology such as Khalistan. So those were some of the things that stuck out. And I think why this is something that's really concerning. Absolutely. And and, and what you said is interesting. This happened very close to you. You're based near Fremont. Uh, I'm based in Texas and this was four hours away from it. So I think between Texas, um, California and New York, that's or at least that's at least half the Indian population in United States. Like I'm not, if you count the tri-state area, New York, Jersey, Philadelphia, that's, I mean, I, I would say even more than half. And so this is something that not only is is happening in, it's it's not like a, an Indian American was in a area which he was the only family and stuff, which is not to say that, that, you know, that's okay. That's absolutely not okay. But I'm saying that's what we had heard, that where Indians are in a smaller number, these were attacks were happening. These attacks took place where Indians are in a very significant, uh, you know, percentage. Like I think uh, the Dallas attack was in Plano, Texas, where I think, more than 20% in the greater that that particular plan is Indian American, yeah. that they are at least Asian American. So it's it's just it, that's that's more concerning now that it's it's just becoming like widespread in areas in these areas as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we kind of have a false sense of security sometimes that, oh, because we are in these cosmopolitan areas with large populations of Indian Americans, Hindu Americans, nothing mm -hmm. can happen to us here. You know, we walk down the street, there's a Indian store, restaurant, you know, everywhere. So many of our colleagues and friends are Indian Americans. We, you know, have uh, we have assimilated very well into the broader American society and culture. Um, and, and that's all great, but that doesn't mean that hate and violence still can't occur in those communities. And I think mm -hmm. that's why it really makes it critical that we stay vigilant, uh, regardless of where we are. We understand what to do if an inc incident happens. Um, yeah. And thank God that a lot of these incidents were recorded. If they weren't, mm -hmm. it would have been very difficult to prosecute them, number one, and number two, to get the attention that they got. Yeah, and, and 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 sometimes I also worry about the safety of the people who are being subjected to this. Like, you know, thank God none of them were physically, you know, what happened was absolutely awful, but it could have like accelerated into something worse. Thankfully, they had the sense to, you know, record it on camera. And, you know, there was no kudos to them for holding their own in, you know, in face of such abuse, essentially. That's exactly what it was. So I, I, I want to bring this to a... Uh, different points. I mean, like these are professionals 
uh, who are working, right? Sometimes I wonder if students, like there's a very huge Indian American student population as well, right? Uh, and many of them are li- listen to us as well. Do they n- even need to be more vigilant? You know, in college already, m- in many cases, tempers are running high when one thing leads to the other, right? So is it is it almost important that if someone, if this is happening to someone, A, they should probably report it to relevant people authorities that you know they're feeling uncomfortable by this because a lot of these things go unreported because they're like oh i don't want to cause a fuss you know i don't want to uh unsettle the environment or something but people need to know this is not okay this is not normal right yeah absolutely and you raise i think a couple of really important points there um i'll take uh, the latter point first in terms of Mm -hmm. making sure that people speak out uh, people know what Mm -hmm. to do how to handle themselves how to recognize what an incident of hate is, even if it doesn't rise to the level of an actual hate crime, it's still important to report um, a hate incident to try to record it if possible, or to at least write down afterwards. Sometimes we're not able to record it. Uh, we may not be able to in 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 the midst of something happening, but at least make sure that all the details are recorded afterwards and are reported to law enforcement. They may say this is not a hate crime, um, but at least it's in their system um, it's being tracked and then, you know, come to the Hindu American Foundation. We have a bias incident reporting form. Give it to us. We will track it. We will help report this to the FBI as well and send that data over. Uh, so that's yeah, absolutely important is recording it, reporting it um, and being vigilant and protecting yourself and speaking out whenever it happens. Uh, I think the second point is about the university uh, environment, and that is absolutely an unsafe environment has become for Indian Americans, mm-hmm. in particular Hindu Americans, with a lot of the anti-India, anti-Hindu activism that takes place on campuses. And of course, free speech should be allowed, but it's not free speech. It's only the speech that some of these activists want to uh, enjoy and that right that they want to enjoy, but they don't want anybody else to speak or anybody else mm-hmm. to counter their ideas. So you see mm-hmm. a general unsafe environment that anybody on campus that wants to counter the, the, the prevailing narrative on those campuses mm. faces. And then you see some very specific anti-Hindu activism on campuses around uh, caste policies, the attempt to um, institutionalize caste discrimination policies. Why don't yeah. we use our general laws and policies that apply to every American to deal with if a caste discrimination issue comes up? It's, it should certainly be dealt with, but it should be dealt with just like any other issue of yeah. discrimination under neutral laws, not where we as a community have to be separately policed or we require a separate set of laws that only applies to us. So this all contributes to that atmosphere um, and the demonizing of Hindu holidays, like Diwali and Holi. We saw the Hindutva, sorry, Holi against Hindutva movement on campuses um, and also kind of the politics from India yeah. that come here. And then that conflation with a lot of anti-Hindu rhetoric as well. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable because there was this confidence as well that they were trying to do in campuses where, you know, it was, uh, I, I think uh, Suhag and I actually did a podcast last year on this. I, I, I keep saying a lot of people are like, oh, you're saying a podcast and you're doing on video. Don't blame it on me. People just got used to videos during COVID. So now we do both on YouTube and SoundCloud. So if you if you are one of those people who like to listen to podcasts or, you know, on iTunes and SoundCloud, 
the exact same podcast is going to be available there. So uh, uh, just, just had to make that clarification. But when we did this, we did it during the whole disarming, you know, Hindutva conference where, you know, also, and I would urge people to go back and uh, listen or watch that video, to, you know, in a detailed thing. But so much misinformation was spread, right? And there is a fear that the whole caste politics that they're doing, they're trying to right now do it in corporate America, that they are essentially, the attempt is to go from there to universities saying, oh, these companies did it, now universities do so as well. And um, it's, uh, of course, my part of me is like, why don't you start with the, why doesn't the academics start with the uh, the percentage of Indian American a- academics and if they see if that is happening or not. But of course, they they won't tell it. They'll, they'll call that a strong argument and stuff. But, you know, coming back to what you raised, that these, these are about six different points which people have to be vigilant from. Uh, not only it happening within environments that you call secure, going to alien environments where, you know, there are there is even less population of that. Uh, the third is the academic uh, environments. And the last three I would go is within work environments as well or outside of work environments or something, you know, you deal with unrelated. You're just going out for to grab a quick meal and then someone is, hating on you essentially for your food choices and stuff so what is the way forward right is it is it is it only just reporting like how do we raise awareness as well that this this is not as isolated as people think it is and if it isn't how do you deal with it sure absolutely and i think there's so it's a it requires a multi-pronged approach um Hmm. i think one is educating the community on what are some of these issues that are happening. Uh, You know, up until now, people didn't even realize that hate crimes was an issue for our community. You maybe Mm -hmm. heard about hate crimes against, uh, you know, Sikh Americans because Mm -hmm. it's more, they're more uh, prominent and they've been covered more. Uh, Mm -hmm. But uh, until recently, people may not even be aware that hate crimes are happening specifically against Hindu Americans. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think it's educating our community on what are the trends, what's been happening. Um, how to recognize an incident, what to do in the event of an incident. Um, It's building relationships, uh, building relationships between individual community members and organizations like like our own at the Hindu American Foundation, as well as building relationships with their local elected officials, um, with mm-hmm. their uh, local law enforcement, and not just inviting them to an event if there is a Diwali event or some other gala, but actually talking to them when you know there's nothing happening and making sure that that relationship is sustainable having them coming in to do uh, checks at the temple uh, to make sure that security protocols are in place making sure that they know about things that are happening in the community or concerns they know how to recognize certain issues uh, within the community and just building that relationship if you feel more comfortable with somebody you're definitely going to be willing to go to them when something happens Um, and so having that relationship on an ongoing basis is also critical no, absolutely. I think uh, what I, I think y'all do a great bullying prevention thing. Where uh, on the HAF, I would urge people to go check out the HAF website on this because about schools, it's very important. Uh, I was having a discussion at, with a local Hindu community here. We were just a couple of weeks ago. We were just sitting down and talking about the issues. And one of the things that I was saying was, if if you do have that opportunity to take a day off during Diwali from work. Or um, I'm a Gujarati, we celebrate New Year's right after Diwali, which is as important for us. Uh, Do take that off, because if you don't make a big deal 
of it. Your students who go to school don't know what a big deal it is. If you just deal with it, oh, it's a nine to five thing and uh, you come back, you dress up and do puja and eat Indian food. No, I mean, you know, it's our day off, you know, celebrate it. And, and I'm not saying do it like if you can do it, like we understand people have projects, deadlines and stuff like that. So it's also awareness within the community itself that if if we don't make it a big deal, it's not going to be a big deal for others, right, internally. So um, I, one wonderful thing that we saw this this last year during Diwali is um, uh, I, I, uh, in uh, areas of Houston where, you know, there is Indian restaurants and Indian places and uh, where Indians are, you know, in significant majority on in town squares and stuff, not only did they have like, you know, uh, Mehendi ta- uh, things that were going on, they had a couple of dholis who were playing dholes and guess what? Americans came and started dancing with us. Because why not? Who doesn't love when, you know, there is mehndi going on, people are eating mithais and, you know, yeah. uh, having dancing. It's a party. And yeah. make it such, like make it fun. So yeah. so, so things, are, things are changing. But this is the good side of it all, right? Raising awareness. The the bad the converse of this is sometimes looking at this there is like some oh my god what is happening in america and some hindu gets you know uh, uh, racially abused or something like that you know happening right so for them to it's very important that they don't just stay like you know take it in their stride and move along and you know oh this just keeps happening no this doesn't this is not on yeah, you know, I think we have to have a balanced approach. Um, I think, you know, while there have been a number of incidents on the whole, you know, Hindu Americans have had a, a good life in America mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. Of course, we face challenges. Of course, we face challenges with immigration. We face yeah. challenges with uh, discrimination in various uh, realms. And we do face incidents of violence, as we've seen recently. But on the whole, America has been a very welcoming country. Most Americans, by and large, are very accepting um, we've mm-hmm. had great relationships with our neighbors, our colleagues, our communities. And, um, you know, on the whole, America is a great place for our community to be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I think so. I think you're absolutely right. Right. We can't we can't be overly, um, you know, we have we can't exaggerate the length the yeah. extent of the problem while still being vigilant and still be taking notice and educating yeah. people what's happening. We have to make sure that we are um, realistic and, and balanced in how we talk about these issues. Yeah. Like my, uh, I think you use the correct word. My, my always thing is to people like, don't exaggerate, but don't ignore yeah. and find that happy middle because if you don't, you know, you, there's, there's going to be a bigger problem and stuff. So I want to pivot in the last, uh, 10, 15 minutes of the podcast to some of the initiatives that HAF has been doing as well. And uh, so, you know, if you want to uh, talk about it, because you are dealing with it in the academic space, as well as the community space as well, right? So what are the challenges that have been? And, uh, you know, what are what are you seeing in the on the academic side? Because you don't have a very welcoming place when in universities where certain professors, and I'm not going to take names, but people can Google and see who I'm talking about rule the roost no absolutely so we actually um you know start our programming at the k-12 through level um Mm -hmm. and because you know the the academy and k-12 through schools are very closely connected in terms of a lot of the content that's created for Mm -hmm. k-12 schools is created by academics 
And so there's that connection in terms of influencing academia, but also trying to address the problems at the K to K through 12 um, level. So we have a number of programs and initiatives first that start at that low, um, that age, you mentioned our bullying prevention work. Um, we had a couple of years ago created a bullying report where we surveyed Hindu American students on issues of bullying that they had faced. Um, and some of the, you know, glaring results that came out were textbooks were one of the big problems in propagating um, issues of bullying in terms of the misinformation that's in there um, about issues of caste um, and just many misconceptions about Hindu beliefs. Mm -hmm. uh, so we try to deal with that through bullying prevention. We work with coalitions on that issue. Um, we also work to try to uh, address the curriculum. Um, both in terms of training teachers, we have a wonderful teacher training program, um, and that's available anywhere in the country. Now, one of the positives that came out of COVID is that we can be everywhere in terms of virtual programming. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, you know, we are happy to go into schools, um, school districts to do trainings for the teachers um, and to help them uh, provide them material, supplemental materials on Hinduism and also how to teach about Hinduism in the classroom. Um, mm -hmm. And we presentations directly in the classroom or to help train teachers. Uh, we also work directly to address the, the textbook content with publishers um, at uh, the school district uh, uh, board of educations or at the state mm -hmm. level when new cur curriculum is being adopted. So that's a little bit of the work that we're doing at the K through 12 level. Um, if you look at the ac academic level, um, unfortunately, we've had, to, we've had to get involved when issues have happened, such as the DGH conference that you alluded to, um, mm -hmm. um, and trying to make sure that you know universities are safe spaces. Uh, so we actually filed a, a complaint with the Department of Education mm -hmm. Office of Civil Rights after that DGH conference happened, because particularly the University of Pennsylvania um, yeah. uh, Penn State University was creating an unsafe environment because they were the ones that helped to organize a lot of the DGH conference, or at least academics that were there did so. And so we filed a, um, a, a civil rights complaint with the Department of Education because of that. So the work that we're doing at the university level mm -hmm. is trying to protect the rights of Hindu American students there. Um, we've mm -hmm. also partnered with some of our Jewish uh, uh, friends, stand mm -hmm. with us. Uh, to create a Know Your Rights program. And we did a Know Your right. Rights presentation for Hindu and Jewish students a few months back. Um, and so a lot of the work that we're doing there is in the space of uh, protecting the rights of Hindu American students and making sure that they know what they can and can't do. If something happens, how do they file a complaint? What are their rights in that situation? What are the constitutional issues of free speech that may come up and how to address those and get around those if they need to um, uh, address something that either a professor has said or done or a another student. Um, mm -hmm. So at the university level, you know, in, we, we try to work with as many academics as possible, but a lot of our focus has been more on how do we protect the rights um, mm -hmm. uh, of students that are there. And that's partly because Suhag and I are both lawyers. Uh, so that's part of our kind of our company uh, as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I, 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 know, I, know, I know better than to argue with you on this about, <laughs> about it. But uh, no, no, you're, you're absolutely right, right? As the cliche goes, the first step to solving any problem is, is accepting there is one. And I think the first pro the problem is that the the lack of narrative, right? It's not just see. I think for far too often Indian Americans and especially Hindu Americans, like we would all get very happy to see a mention of uh, a, 
a, a festival, uh, something we celebrate, or like a name or an acknowledgement within the pop pop culture, you know, situation. Not knowing, not understanding that not only is the name important, also what what it represents and how it's represented is important, right? So you, I mean, you just take out the crux of what we believe in and just have the name, then it basically is nothing, right? It just means nothing. It might actually do more harm than good because people completely, you know, um, uh, misunderstand what we stand for. So it's important when you talk it, talk it at a uh, local level. Um, one also thing I wanted to talk about, right, that we, you guys also do did a project for the 1971 of what uh, the Hindus in Bangladesh um, faced and so forth. And we're, you know, it's kind of strange that we talk about 1971, which is what, 51 years ago now. And Hindus who are in minor minorities within like, you know, in Pakistan or Bangladesh or others are facing this as well. And so when we talk about like people in America, just see the Hindu American community and the Hindu community in say India and Nepal, they don't think of it as, oh, Hindus are minority in the in certain countries and are, you know, under severe duress as well and what they are facing, right? So does that also become a challenge when you're dealing with the, uh, an average American, you know, professor or a student that, Yes, we'll talk about Hindus in the world, but there are two definite tracks, certain countries and certain countries. And this is not to say a message against certain countries, but just talk about what has happened to Hindus in those countries. Yeah, absolutely. So I think you hit on something in terms of the narrative, and that's critical, um, the larger narrative. And we do a lot of work to um, create content to address that narrative and try to work with not just teachers and students, um, but also uh, other stakeholders, such as policymakers at the local, state, and federal level, um, other inter interfaith organizations, agencies, et cetera, um, to address that narrative and to provide them with accurate understanding of a lot of the issues that we face, both here at home in America as well as internationally. And that's something that you hit on in terms of talking about some of those human rights issues internationally. And you know, the interesting thing is, is that when we do bring up those types of issues and we do talk about them, we actually get a, a a fairly good response from the larger American public or um, policymakers and others. The the pushback comes from the quote unquote South Asian uh, <laughs> activists world yeah. or the other organizations that call themselves Hindu or call yeah. themselves Indian or South Asian, but are actually trying to undermine uh, the mm. facts and trying to say, oh no no no, you know there was no genocide against Hindus there or there's no human rights concerns for Kashmiri Pandits mm -hmm. in the Kashmir Valley or for Hindus in Pakistan or Bangladesh. You know, that's yeah. just basically Hindu nationalists are making all that up and trying to create this uh, and they're being Islamophobic and all that. So that actually, those are the challenges that are coming from our own community because, you know, talking about issues like the Bangladeshi genocide, we actually, you know, turned that not just into a public campaign, but into an educational toolkit as well. Mm -hmm. And we worked with the UN model program, a model UN program. They actually mm -hmm. included some of that in their materials. So they're very open to including that. It's only when we kind of get uh, some of these other activists or other yeah. organizations from the community themselves that uh, then trying to undermine that work or trying to oppose <laughs> it. That's where the challenges really come in. No, absolutely. I think um, I, I, I always joke uh, with my friend Sunanda that you don't need to now write a book on Kashmiri Pandits. You just need to write a book on how many people deny that nothing happened to you, you guys. And she's like, I can probably do that. So uh, because it, it's just rather than rather than the you know, sometimes it becomes that 
the denial is so strong that you're like rather than talking about what happened to you or what the events happened you're almost forced to address that more that okay let's not first not talk about something so obnoxious and then come to what actually happened so you're you know you're absolutely right and these quote unquote south asian organizations actually what they try to do is they try to put a spin on you know um, the actual issues and try to conflate it with other issues that other communities might be facing and you know oh we'll deal with them together and stuff and that together never happens yeah the hindus always lose out so yeah no absolutely but you know i want to actually point out something that this whole genocide denial industry mm -hmm. and i call it an industry because it is you know people mm -hmm. have you know actual full time jobs try to just deny genocide in certain extent to a certain extent yeah. is not I would say is not isolated to our community. Uh, and I think for years, other communities have dealt with similar issues like the Armenian genocide. I mean, mm -hmm. it's still denied um, by, you know, yeah. obviously the Turkish government, um, but yeah. many other activists, academics here in the US, uh, the Holocaust, there's still people that try to deny the Holocaust or minimize yeah. what happened there. So we're not alone. I think those communities have just been working on that issue and really focused on bringing awareness about that issue for much longer and a much more focused manner. And that's why they've had uh, a level of success in getting so much recognition of it. So I think we can, the template is there uh, for mm -hmm. us to do that and to overcome the denial. Um, and we actually have a, our virtual advocacy forum is coming up on uh, September 20th. Mm -hmm. And we're actually having a panel on genocide denial where we're bringing in speakers from these different communities to talk about those issues and how they overcame those challenges to really get it into the uh, the American, um, you know, the, into mainstream American society, whether in museums or in education or in the policy level and other spaces. And so we're actually going to be putting together a discussion on that um, and uh, would invite all your uh, viewers and listeners to join. They can just go to our website and check out Advocacy Forum um, on September 20th and register for that. But it's going to be kind of talking about these very same issues and how we mm -hmm. can get recognition for the Bangladeshi Hindu or Bengali Hindu genocide, as well as the ethnic cleansing of the Kashmiri pundits. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a that's a that's a fascinating, uh, fascinating um, you know initiative, and I hope people do join. As as we as we get to the closer, this is something that I've, we've been doing um, ever since we started Mind Podcast, and I would um, we give a recommendation of non-political, non-something recommendation that you've seen, a good book you've read, a good show. And, you know, it could be related to what we talked about, could be completely unrelated to what we talked about. Um, any fascinating, so any recommendations that you have for our listener, any, you know, any movies that you've watched or any good stuff you've watched on Netflix and so forth? Sure, absolutely. So I love both. I love uh, watching movies and I love uh, yeah. um, reading books and I'm a history buff and uh, yeah. both in terms of ancient medieval history as well as more contemporary history and politics. One of the books that I just recently finished, um, which is excellent, and you should actually have him on the podcast if you haven't, is by Terry Molesky, a mm -hmm. veteran Canadian journalist who wrote a book recently called Blood for Blood, um, talking oh. about the Kalastan uh, movement and a mm -hmm. fantastic read. Um, both from a factual perspective, but also in weaving in some of the stories of the victims and what happened um, during the Kanishka bombing um, mm -hmm. uh, in 1985 in particular, yeah. and the investigation, how that was botched, mishandled, um, and some of the politics around that. Um, so that was one of my favorite books that I've read recently that I would yes. highly recommend to all your viewers and listeners. 
Oh, fascinating. Yes, Terry Milowski's uh, Blood for Blood. We would, I would love to do a podcast with him because, you know, I think this is, uh, I, I would add a book to that as well. Um, so that, that I've recommended that book before on my podcast, but I, along with Terry's book, there is another book called by Mark Tully called uh, Mrs. Gandhi, uh, Amritsar, Mrs. Gandhi's Last Battle with Mark, by Mark Tully and Satish Jacob. It actually is a precursor to the Khalistan movement. Uh, mm of how it happened and how Bindanwale came. And I think both books you should read, you know, with one after the other. Um, and uh, because especially on that narrative, there is, again, a lot of myths that have been propagated. And I think it needs to it needs to be read. And especially the whole what's happened in Canada, where even certain Canadian politicians are in denial about their own citizens being bombed in a flight bomb. It's it's unbelievably shocking. So so do do read that. Fascinating recommendation, uh, Samir. My um, my recommendation this this week is going to be a a couple of docu series that I've seen. Um, one is a docu series called Money Mafia. It's it's I think it's a it's an Indian on Discovery Plus, and it talks about essentially uh, um, uh, the the most shocking con stories in India. Uh, mm-hmm. From cyber crimes to financial crimes and so forth. So we, we you know, do do watch it. Uh, uh, I think one of the one of the episodes that was was the stamp paper scam by Abdul Telgi and stuff. And that's one thing that's happened because of COVID. The the streaming market has grown exponentially. So these stories, which normally would not have been told on uh, Netflix, or I mean, I meant on mainstream TV, are coming. Th- uh, on that but uh, so here you go two very different recommendations and uh, please do check out all the links that uh, Samir talked about we'll post a few as well on the YouTube descriptions as well and um, Samir any closing thoughts on what we said uh, yeah I think you know as a community um, you know I'm, I'm positive um, I'm, I feel optimistic and positive about the future of our community um, mm-hmm. I think you know, we have a great opportunity to really learn from some of these recent tragic incidents and really, uh, you know, advocate for ourselves, have a stronger voice. We've obviously reached a, a great level of monetary success and educational success in many different areas. Now it's also mm-hmm. time to take that over to the advocacy space and speak up for ourselves whenever and uh, wherever something occurs um, to remain vigilant. Um, and also to do whatever we can for America as a country, because this is our home. We're not going anywhere, um, despite what some may- people may want us to do. Um, we love this country, and um, I think it's our responsibility to make it better, um, but also to advocate for ourselves as a unique Hindu-American community. Absolutely. Fascinating point, Samir. Uh, I think you summed it up beautifully. Uh, it's, 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 it's a work in progress, as always things are. But I think we're making steps in the right direction. Uh, one just we, as as people who are in the community, we just hope that the steps are bigger. But hey, at least we're going in the right direction. So that's all we can hope for. Uh, I appreciate Samir for the time and joining. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, it was a great discussion. We'll have you back very soon on Mind Podcast. Uh, you know, once you're here, we don't let our guests go back. So we'll definitely be doing this again. Um, but thank you for all the work you do. And guys, please like, share, subscribe, follow. HAF on social media as well. Follow some media as well. Like, share, subscribe, mind makers. Let us know in the comments if you want anything else covered or if you have any questions, we'd be happy to pass them on. Till then, it's goodbye and we'll be back next week with a lot more. Thank you so much.